Welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett. And I'm Dr. Brett. And here, and today I'm here with my golfing buddy and my regular buddy, Greg James, who is an interesting guy with an interesting background um, in the sports world as well, you know, because you know I do the sports psychology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you played for Army. How long did you play well, for? I played, I played uh, for teams that were that was in the army, like for oh, the, the base team. I see. You know, the post team and stuff like that. As far as playing for the army, no, I never. Oh, I thought for some reason you played for army. No, 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 no. Tell us about the base teams. What was that like? What kind of teams did you play for? Uh, believe it or not, a lot of these guys were in college playing ball, high school, uh, neighborhood legends, and they all went to the military. And we all got together and got on the team, and it was amazing, really. I mean, they were pretty good guys from all, from every aspect of life. You now, know, you so. spent 13 years in the military. How much of that was, like, you know, playing, you know, some of these teams? And then how much of it, you know, what happened? I know you got injured. There's a lot yeah, here. So. Uh, it's just... Sports in the military is everything, you know? I mean, the competition is, is, is amazing. Um, Every sport from softball, basketball, baseball, tackle football, flag football, every sport, wrestling, boxing, you know. Um, when I was playing sports, you know, it was just kind of like a release, you know, from the everyday grind of being a soldier, the training, always staying on top of things. I was, you know, a squad leader or what have you, platoon sergeant, you have responsibilities. So our outlet was sports. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you always have this team that for some reason regardless of how bad they are or how good you are you always end up in the finals you know it's this, it's, <laughs> you know and it was that it was that situation where um we made it to the finals against this team in our in our, uh, our battalion gym was packed tight score all the way down to the end and um i went in for a layup the guy pushed me into the wall and the rest is history wow you know, yeah. it was, a, it was for me. Now that I think back, it was traumatic. But at that time, my adrenaline was pumping so much, right? Yeah. Because um, my my hand ended up on my wrist. Back, my wrist was like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that sounds so painful. I'm moving because I, you know, yeah. you know, I've been injured as yep. well, but it's not quite the way you're describing nah, it. But, you know, Although my my arm was my bone was here. Yeah. I, so that's not funny. I've seen it and but, I knew it. <laughs> so you're actually, yeah, I know you knew it. Um, so the actual hand was jammed into the, yeah. I was into the forearm, like it was. It was. Uh, I was in the air, you know. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, wow, I got hit. I fell into the wall, and everything just collapsed. Yeah, you know, and, you know that's that's how it is right now. Yeah, and how many surgeries did you wind up having on that wrist? One, two, three, four, about five. Five surgeries. Wow, that's but I'm crazy. not gonna have them because it's working for me right now. So yeah, no. <laughs> I don't. What um what changed about your life after that? What was the oh, everything? Yeah. Everything really changed. You know, when it comes to sports, athletes, what you know, we have egos. You know, everybody. You know, <laughs> never been an athlete with an ego. I have no <laughs> we idea. What we you're think talking we're about, better Greg. than everybody else. If we can't shoot layup, we're still good, right? <laughs> so um, I think it was just a um, mentality of knowing that you might not ever be able to compete at a certain level yeah you, used to, you know what i'm saying it's kind of like superman without his cape right <laughs> i mean it's my right arm you know i'm dunking with this thing i'm shooting free throws i'm you yeah. know die. i can't do that yeah because i only have one bone hold on this one 
yeah, this bone right here, right? The so dumb. if that bone breaks, I'm, I'm done. So I got to be careful. Right. So with a lot How of old were you at the time when this thing happened? 26, 27. 26, 27. Did you play high school basketball? You play like for a team or anything? I I, uh, I had an opportunity to play for high school basketball, but I was always a weapon. Yeah. You know, because when, when I came up in New Jersey, you know, it was, it was a lot of us, 10 of us. So, you know, we had to help mom out any way we can and stuff. Got it. We played a lot of intramural. I went out and tried out for a couple of teams, but I, I knew I couldn't be committed to that. You know, yeah. I had to be more committed to my mom and my brothers yeah. and sisters and stuff. Where were you in the birth order out of 10? Number five. Number five? We had 11. My mom actually adopted. How is 11 possible? <laughs> no, I don't know how 10 is possible. How do you do? I never understood that. You know right? I just, it's a different world. When you, like, when, when, when you're blessed to be born with brothers and sisters like that, man, you're never lonely. Oh, ever. that's for sure. Only thing, only serious thing about that is you got to fight for, you know, a place at the table. Right. right. No, so, I only, you know. I had two brothers and we had to fight for a place at the table. It was so, great, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, the battles we had were fierce, you know, we loved hard, man. We looked out for each other and, you know, always took care of my mom and, you know, thank God, you know, by the grace of God, we, we pretty much made it, you know. Yeah. Military helped me a lot. Like I said, sports. How'd you make that decision to go into the military? What is, what was that? You know, because that's, I have people that call me from time yeah. to time and people yeah. that I work with where it's almost like they need permission to, some of them anyway, to, to go into the military because it's like their parents don't really, some of them, the parents don't want you know, them to go. I think, honestly, and I so, think it's, I think it's more or less out of fear. The mm. unknown. But, you know, where I came from, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities. You know, right. when I was in school, I was been a pretty good, you know, kid in school. My ultimate goal was to be a brain surgeon or heart surgeon. Brain surgeon or heart surgeon? Well, you know, because I was, I'm not, you God. know, that was just me, so right? So intense. But, you know, back then, I'm 59. So back then, you know, 78, 76, 77, 78, going Different high school. World. We didn't have access to all of this, what the kids have access to now. We had to figure it out. And yeah. my, my thing was, it was rough when we came up at, right? So you had to, you know, figure it out. And I joined the military a year before I graduated. Wow. Not knowing, you know, how well I would really actually be doing in school. And when everything, when the scholarships or whatever, you know, came through, I was already committed to the military. Wow. And I, and I went to school in the military. You know? So you actually had college scholarships that you then had to... Well, you find out later on after, you know, you apply for them and stuff like that. And, got you know, it. I don't know why. I did. And you'd already committed. Yeah. When you signed up, was it a four-year sign-up? How did it work uh, originally? Three years. Three years. And and uh, there's a story behind that too, because my brother yeah. went in yeah. a year before me, right? Older brother. I older assume. brother. Next, yeah. my older brother Ira. And um, when he came home, they you know he was a hometown recruiter because that's one of the incentives they give you when you go in. You come back home and sorry about how you're doing. And you can help recruit more people, right? And he Got wound it. up recruiting me. So I did it so that you know I could kind of like make him. Did he look get a boost or yeah? What did he get I, for recruiting you? I don't. You know. Did what? you split it with them? No. Nah, you know, I, at that time it was like I was doing something good, you know, helping my yeah. brother out, you know. So I joined the July entry, and uh, a year later, um, July the ninth, I graduated on twenty third of June, and July the ninth, I was in the military getting yelled at. Crazy, but you know, <laughs> big change from high school and the family. It was, and, you know, and it's a good thing too right. for me. Yeah, you know, because it. Uh, I grew up without a father, right? Mm. So you, you meet a lot of figures in the military. Yeah, you know, who, who really cling on to you and they, and they help you along as far as what what you need. You know, as yeah, far as becoming a man and, and being committed and having the goal, you know, life. So you know, yeah. I was fortunate, really, with the military. Went for that. 
Yeah. But it's also so, part of who you are, right? To attract the right mentors along I the way. I think so. I think yeah. so. I think, you know, yeah. everybody's always, always watching, right? Everybody's always watching. Everybody's always watching each other. We're watching each other. And, you know, that's where the best mentors come from. Right. Somebody who you least expect. Because I, I, I do some mentoring, too. You know, I've done yeah. it. I, I don't do it now, but I think I'm going to get back into it. And the thing is, is, mm. you know, if you're not, if you know somebody's watching you, you know, you're not going to be yourself, right? Mm. So if you're a mentor and you're just kind of like looking for somebody to, you know, to really guide and help out, you, you look for somebody who's, who's not paying attention, who's actually doing something, you know, good or bad that they don't know, you know, you're watching. You just, you know, said, you know, that kid needs, maybe that kid needs me or that, you know, female or whatever needs me to, you know, help them out with some things, some advice, you, whatever. You know, that's fascinating, Greg, because a lot of times we think that, you know, the mentee reaches out to the mentor, but there are times in life, because I, I've been mentoring a kid now mm -hmm. for five or six years, yeah. uh, and I remember I was in LA, like sitting outside a restaurant by right. myself, listening right. to music, and I just had a thought about this kid, mm -hmm. and I literally sent him a text. I hadn't talked to him or heard from him for years right. and something sort of popped in an image popped in my head mm -hmm. and I sent him a text and I said to him Ashante do you want mentoring and he said to me absolutely back and then I said if you do then here's the deal and I laid yep. out the parameters which meant that it wasn't going to be just a freebie right so he's going to have to do some work to do but literally I actually reached out to him and most of the time because as a sports psychologist, as a psychologist, at least two or three kids a month right. reach out to me, right? Somehow they find me on LinkedIn or the web or whatever it is. Yeah. And very few people have the sort of determination to sort of follow through with the relationship. Mm -hmm. And Ashante never wavered. And we're, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we're like buddies to this day because he always did his role yeah. pretty freaking well. You know, something that, that really helped me really look at how important being a mentor is or was is, as you know, I'm a basketball official. Yeah. I've been doing that well, for 35 you years. You just mentioned that the other day. He's a basketball <laughs> official. He's been doing it for 35 years. You mentioned that yeah. casually the other day. Well, you know, because it's, 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 it's the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life other than be a, a husband and a father and a friend. Nice. Great. So tell us about the basketball official thing. Man, that little whistle is powerful. That little whistle will stop a Mack truck going, how fast? He's going to stop, right? That's me, right? So um, it allows me as, as, a, as a dad, as a, as a successful man, you know, minority in life, mm. to look at these kids realistically and be an example. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to be a role model or just to give a, a hand or, the, or, or sometimes as an official, you have to show um, restraint. Yeah, you for have sure. To, you know, patience. Sometimes you have to show compassion. And when, you, when, you, when you're a basketball official, you see the, the different attitudes of kids. You know, you can tell the, the, the kids that are raised different at home, you know, whether, sure. whether you're, in a, you know, middle class or you're not so fortunate and stuff like that, you can see by the attitudes and stuff. Mm. And as an official, I think for the kids that don't have that opportunity to experience that, you can you can be a part of that success, you know, by being 
fair, fair more yeah, than available fair. and fair too. Uh, fair. Right? I mean, that's probably one of the hardest elements of it, right? It's the easiest. It's the easiest for me. It is because that's what yeah. I believe in. Fans, yeah. you know. So yeah, but sometimes kids misperceive. Yep. Right. So when Absolutely. I say fair, I know you're a fair guy. I yeah. know you, right? Yeah. But sometimes kids misperceive, and then you have to bridge that gap somehow. Yeah, you know. Right. And that's you know what I think that's part of mentoring. Yeah. Because sometimes I can explain to another man's child better than he can as a dad. Yeah. You know, because when I was coach my son's baseball team, me and the other coaches, we used to switch kids. Ah, that's I used pretty to coach clever. that kid's um, that that coach's kid, and he used to coach mine. Yeah, you know that's what I'm very saying? Because clever. I, you know, by the way, yeah. and that's 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 how it yeah. is when I, I equate that yeah. with life, or or you know, being blessed to be an official with you know dealing with 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 young men and ladies, when we have that opportunity to be that buffer between the parent and the kid on the court. Mm. And a lot of times it's between the heat of battle because a lot of times when you got two kids going at it, I could go bam, bam, two both of them. But sometimes, you know, <laughs> you walk up between them and you, you'll, you'll say, hey, guys, we're here to, you know, we're here to play basketball or what? It's your option. What do you want to do? Yeah. All right. Shake hands. That's it. Yeah. Keep now, how do you handle the parent end of it? Because sometimes that probably gets Me, more honestly, complicated, I, I would imagine. I, I toss them. You toss the parents? Yes. They're out. I got. I have to be the best example. I love it. Wow. So I'm gonna hold that that parent accountable because yeah. that parent, believe it or not, yeah. can make my job a whole lot easier. Or yeah, or a whole court. lot harder. You know. Right. So sometimes yeah. you know, if you want me to be the bad guy, I can. I don't right. want to be, but you know what? I think. Yeah. One bad apple, man. Yeah. No, without a doubt. But I would also imagine a little bit of the military training probably yeah. Oh, yeah. kicks in there at times. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. How the discipline. You know, discipline. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just the ability to, to, to see things before they happen. So that makes, I, I don't know how to explain it, but that kind of like makes you understand it. how fast to react, yeah. what to do. You know, I used to always, for, for an example, um, talk to the parents and a lot of parents, they, you know, when the kid's out there playing basketball, some of them, you know, the game is, is rough, right? So they'll get upset with me. And I'll tell them, I said, man, I'm retired military. I said, before something happens to your child, it'll happen to me first. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the mentality that the military gave me to know that I'll, I'll protect everybody if I have to, because that's, you know, that oath is for, is for life right? yeah. for me anyway. So even on the court, you know, with talking to you, whatever, it's just that instinct that never goes away. You, you, you protect, you, protect all, yeah. at, you know, at any cost. Now, do you think that's a little wired in you prior to even choosing the military as part of the catalyst? You know, I know you're you're trying to give your brother a little bit of like a boost there. But I think, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, there's a little yeah. bit of like, like destiny there based on your wiring that that desire to protect might've been part of oh, yeah, 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 yeah. way yeah, prior sure. to you joining the military. It's always in me, I think, looking back because, yeah. um, you know, as, as a 14 year old kid, I remember challenging this guy who, who disrespected my mom, mm. you know, and, I was kind of like surprised myself, you know, but you know, certain things you protect, you know, your life. So I think that that gave me a, a kind of like an edge and a kind of toughness when I went in because basic training was no joke. Man. <laughs> 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 we were in that transition period where they were just, you know, coming out of Vietnam and it was a volunteer army, right? 
So they hated us because <laughs> we volunteered to come in, right? We were like, man, this is a trip. <laughs> but I loved it. You know, if we weren't for the military, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as half as of who you are today. today. Exactly. Was, you know. What you know, you lived overseas. I know oh, you yeah. have a German oh. wife, and you spent you know twenty years on and off in Germany, right? In Germany. Yeah. Tell us about Europe and Germany and how that shaped you as a person, as a man. First of all, it was a, it was an eye opener to me because when I went to Europe for the first time. Um, it was in a foreign country, you know, uh, the language, the food, the culture was just totally different. And as a young man going over there for the first time, you know, I, I didn't care about none of that. I was just looking at the women, right? <laughs> so that was my first, you know, positive experience in Germany. It's just like they were so beautiful and, you know, they're so respectful. And then you started noticing, you know, how, how different things are, you know, whether you're in the military or you're not, because, you know, we still have to abide by their, you know, their, you know, rules and regulations of the country and stuff. So mm -hmm. um, how are the German rules? Like, most people aren't going to be aware of like their rules versus ours. What's the distinction there? Well, I, I, I mean, mean, it's I, a big question, but just a I, simple. I'll break it down to you like yeah. this. If you live in an apartment building, right, and you've got like three or four floors, everybody's responsible for taking care of your stairs all the way down sweeping it on the weekends. So one apartment do it, you know, the next one, the next one, the next one. They pick up trash, they respect everything, you know, so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you like that, right? I do, you know, yeah. it takes, I think it takes away a lot of confusion. You know, if I know what you're doing as my neighbor, it makes my life a lot easier, right? If you're over there, you know, doing something you're supposed to be doing, and, you know, that's, a, for me, that's how it is, but, um, so is it more that we're in this together? Is that part of the mentality there? As that, far as, you know, if everybody's, you know, taking care of all the- You know what I think, honestly, I, I give this a lot of thought because I'm on, I'm like, why can our country be like this? Right? Yeah. Cause they don't look at, at me as being, you know, black. They look at me as being human. You know, there's no what such What about thing. American? <laughs> you know, but I'm an American, but they look at me, they don't see color. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I've been with my wife for 32 years, interracial. Yeah. I, so in Germany, a totally different distinction oh, there? Different. It's Tell us about enough. that distinction. Yeah. I, um, yeah. What do you mean as far as? Like the distinction between, you know, the way Europeans are viewing you guys interracially versus. It's accepted. Like, much more accepted. Oh, yeah, accept, it's accepted. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're always going to have your problems everywhere in life and of stuff course. like that. But I think it's it was more accepted there. If I would have been in, in, in married to my wife, here 30 earlier years ago. i wouldn't yeah. I, you know society probably would have put a lot of strain on her not on me you know mm -hmm. as a as a you know female in a you know relationship relationship with a black guy you know what i'm saying but for gotcha. me it's just like something that i wanted and needed you know in my life to be to get to this point mm -hmm. you know of success i think um i just i just i think because a country has been through so much you know as far as the, the war and yeah. you know they've seen destruction yeah they know what it's like not to have we yeah. don't know what it's like not to have americans so, our, so our, true. that's really a good point our vision of other countries is coming from a place where a lot of americans don't go abroad you know right we live within you know we're, we're self-sustaining so when you go right. overseas and we have to adapt to the way of, of living it's you know at first it's a culture shock and then all of a sudden it's acceptance and then you know there's there's living you know that's 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 pretty much it yeah so I loved it, man. I would now it's changing. The whole world's changing. It's not the same like that anymore. I was is over there because one of the integration with East Germany. What's the change? I just there? think what world events. The... I think politics. Uh, 
I think yeah. um, people in general, you know, you see, you know, hunger. You see, you know, a lot of things. Hunger that, that you didn't see in the past? Didn't, that... Don't see it at all. Didn't never see it. Now you see it. And why do you think that is? I just think it's just the way society is, is, is made up to be, you know, just... You know, take care of yourself and don't worry about your you, neighbors. You know? And that's changing in Germany oh, in yeah, a bad you know, way. Yeah, for a, sure. Now you got to understand that yeah. you know, um, they had a lot of lot of uh, immigrants coming to their country also, right? Because they had well, the borders down, and you know, totally. So now they, their culture has to change, you right. know, because now you have to be fair to, to, to all of your citizens, regardless whether they're there illegally or illegally. You right. know, they still have certain rights, right? And that's changing um, how a lot of Europeans are feeling because. A lot of times when um, somebody comes in from another country and uh, certain stipulations they meet, you know, you get social service help and this, this, this and that. Now they got millions of them. So that, that, yeah, that wears on your resources, yeah, you know. Totally. When I'm as a, as a natural citizen, if I can't get the resources that I'm paying for and I see somebody from another country come, yeah. then I'm going to have a problem with that because nobody explained to me why and how it's possible. And it's not that person's fault that one want to have that, 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 that freedom of life to, to have better for their family, you know? Yeah, so it's super like tricky, medium, right? You know? yeah, yeah, super tricky. But guess what? I'm, I'm like this. You know, we, we have rules for, a cert, for certain reasons. Mm. Every country should be welcome to anybody who wants to travel, but you should be able to follow the rules and the laws by that country. Mm -hmm. You should not be able to just go into a country and think that you, you're entitled to certain things because... That's just not the way it's done. And I think by me being in the military helped me understand that better because I've been in the Middle East. Mm. I've been all over the world. I've, I've had some pretty important and special um, opportunities, you know, do service for, you know, other countries as well as ours. And it all, it's all over the world. It's not only here. It's not, it's everywhere, you know, mm. because. The it being what? When you say it's um, all over the world. How people to? live, you know, people, the, um, the mm. despair that people are in, you know what I'm saying? It's oh, all the, over the, the world, totally. you know? So you, yeah. in a way, you, you can't blame them. But then again, you know, we, you, you have to have some type of order so you understand who's coming in. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a logistics guy, too, so yeah. I understand the supply chain. So, you know, for me to explain yeah. that to you, it makes sense. And, I, you know, just certain, certain things that have to be done, that's one of them. So Europe is a beautiful place to visit. I mean, their history is amazing. The people mm -hmm. are amazing. The food, the beer is amazing. <laughs> um, but there's no place like home, you know. Yeah. I can still see. How them. long were you physically in Germany? How long did you actually live in Germany? I mean, I say about straight. The longest I lived in Germany was probably about seven years, eight years. Because yeah, I built, I built my wife a, a, a home, right? You know, in her hometown near her parents because I wanted, I didn't want our kids to lose that part of their, their family history. You know, they forgot to speak German. So I kind of like gave up my job here, went over there and got a job and, you know, I was able to build our house there and we stayed there for like seven years. And uh, that's when, you know, everything started turning. I came back. I was over there when the, when the, uh, when the wall came down. Wow. I can tell you about those stories. 89, I believe. 89, I was over. That's, that, that, that's the year after I got, after I got hurt. Oh wow! You know, I was still going through my services so and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. You know? And um, what was that like? That year? It was surreal, man. You know, yeah. because we all, we're over there fighting for for against communism, for freedom, you know, democracy yeah. and stuff. You know, and you know that you know a lot of your brothers and sisters passed away fighting for that that cause, right? Mm. And I'm standing right there in the street, and on the on the on on my left was um, 
West Germany on my right was East Germany, right? Yeah. There was a Mercedes Benz here and there was a Trabi here. There's a little plastic car that they drove. <laughs> right. And that's that's yeah. that was my that was my reality. Wow. I'm like, there's no wall here. Yeah. And my first initial um um question myself is like, what do we do now? Yeah. You know, because who are we protecting now? Yeah. You know, because well, there's still the big bad Russian Empire. Right? Yeah, we you know we, we thought different <laughs> back then. Yeah. <laughs> Things don't change, man. Did they get rid of the Stasi? How long did it take them to actually, you know, once the wall came down, did they get rid of? Well, the... you know that thing is, you know, it's it's like a transition period. Yeah. You know, they 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 they're trying to you know acquire this freedom that they never had, mm. and the individuals who were free were trying to understand why they were like that, you know. So with and all, they were all Germans. Right. And they had relatives and stuff, so it was a whole lot of you know getting together, figuring things out, and changing the laws and currencies and everything. And it was it was it was rough for a while, but you know they welcomed them with open arms. They did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it, it kind of you know took a toll on them. But you know what? They showed us how to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know because they absorbed a whole another country. Man. Yeah, it's pretty. The amazing. whole yeah. Eastern Bloc, man, they absorbed. You yeah. know, I'm like, man. Because they they know what it's like, because they they you know their country was decimated, destroyed. You know yeah, no. they seen it, and for us, could we absorb Mexico? <laughs> well, I mean, we pretty much have, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you you think about that, you know. But they did it with, you know. I mean, I mean I'm not take a lot of resolve that I don't think we have. I think I mean, we're pretty sure we're building a wall. It was amazing I mean, for me to be a part of that history, that to be able to sit down and, and be able to tell my grandkids, you know, that Pop Pop was, yeah. you know. A part of something in history that made a difference. You know, yeah. for me, coming from where I came from, Farmingdale, I was born in Farmingdale, New Jersey. Right. You know. And how far is that from Asbury Park? So people know. Oh man. Bruce so probably about uh, like Asbury Park. Like the, right? say we need our reference points. Forty-five minutes to an hour, basically oh, okay. traffic. But still, beautiful. but didn't you go to high school in Neptune? Neptune, Neptune. high school in Neptune. And is that school. close to Asbury Park? Right it's right across the street. Uh, okay, We're rivals, man. Football, basketball. All right, it's, man, it's, be, it's the best time. Now, did any of your siblings, like you know, like become international like you? You know, do I, you something? Know what? That, yeah, out of ten, did, yeah. I, I, let me see. Um, six of us, six of the boys, and it were um, eight boys and three girls, and six of the boys went. In the military, six of no. eight. That's amazing. And, and we met. I met a couple of them overseas in Germany. Wow. You know, we, you know, it's, it's crazy. I can tell you some Mostly stories. Mostly in that. the army or other branches. You know, my brother was in the navy, and the rest was in the army. Wow. You guys make fun of the navy brother. No, you know, um, <laughs> you know what? Actually, we never sit around and talk about the military. Never, huh? No. We just sit around and just talk about you know the old days we used to grow up and our mom, you know how she raised us and stuff, you know. <laughs> bad things we got away with and stuff <laughs> like that. But, you know, six of us went in and uh, I think out of all of them, my oldest brother, I have a brother and he's still in right now. Like um, he's in, a, he's in a, in a, in a, I think he's in reserve. I'm not sure about one or two, right? He's been, a, he's a saw major. He's doing really well. Cedric, thumbs up. My brother Cedric, still in the military. Nice. Um, and uh, other than that, you know, military was pretty much how we, how, how we learned about life and certain things about being men and, and being committed and, and dedicated to something that you believe in and stuff. So it was a blessing for me to, to have been through what I went through and I would do it again. 
You would do it again. If they, man, That's if my country needed me, man, I would, I'd kiss mama goodbye. I'm out. Wow. Because, you know, Americans don't understand what, what we have. It's a blessing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, this country is the best country in the world, hands down, man. We, we, um, we're blessed. So I think a lot of countries, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, when they reach a certain age after going for like two years, that wouldn't hurt our country right now. Wait, when, what, when a lot hurt? of the, like, for like the Israeli army, you have to go in mandatory terms. Oh, totally, yeah. No, that no, would no. not hurt our country to send these kids. You're not going to college. Yeah. Go do, go, go, go yeah. do something, volunteer for two yeah. years, military rec, whatever. Yeah. You know, go, go, go yeah. away and, and learn something, yeah. you know, and uh, come back and share it. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure that that will change. Uh, well, it makes you a lot tougher, right? A more lot, responsible. More, Right, exactly. More mature, you know, and toughness. More discipline. You know, discipline right. and toughness is a part of it too, because sometimes yeah. when you stand alone, you know, against other people, man, you got that's a certain toughness. Like if you know, if you're being bullied, right? Yeah. That's man, you gotta have a certain toughness to make it through that. And if you don't have that toughness, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what the military does, man. It makes you turns you into a man. I'm telling you, if you're not, you It'll know, you're going it. back to the block. Yeah. <laughs> Because the other way of doing it, as I'm sure you found out as well, is, you know, it takes 15 or 20 years. A lot of people in their yeah. 20s and 30s, they're not really grown-ups, right? And so this, yeah. what you're describing is just speeding everything up to being yeah. more responsible, more mature, more disciplined, more, more even more, more aware because you're having cross-cultural experiences oh, yeah, that best. are, right? You know, even when we talk, so much right? more. Talk yeah, about more you and your travels and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best education you have. You know, you travel abroad and you learn other cultures. Yeah. That's what respect. But you're from. also curious by nature. Just because you're in the military doesn't make you necessarily curious, right? No, it doesn't. You have a personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I worked at Camp Pendleton for a year. <laughs> I did my, you know, my year of like, you know, family service center yep. and hundreds and hundreds of Marines I work with. And so many of them were awesome, but not necessarily curious. Right? Right. You know what I do? Yeah, you know, because I, I feel like I'm so blessed. One, yeah. one, I'm blessed to be with my wife for 32 years, right? Two, I got all my kids. That's are 32, years. 32 years. You know, he kind of dinosaur. said it sort of. I've never fast, been. I'm not sure everybody. My first marriage, I was married twice. My first marriage, I was married for eight years. So I, I've not well, been you're... single for 40 years. You wait. So we say that one more time. At eight years and 32, and what about? So I've... you haven't been single for 40 years. Yeah. Um, by the way, I did the opposite. I did 32 girlfriends, <laughs> more or less, and then one wife. <laughs> well, see, look, all of that got you to a year right now. So oh, for sure. Out, right? No, I, I'm grateful to you. Everybody, you never know. But there were different, different kinds avenues of, of like, success. You know, trust me. That was no easy path either, trust me. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be you know, here. and I, I try to do one good deed a day. That's awesome. You know? I love it. I mean, I'm like, if I do one good deed a day. Yeah. See, know. I didn't know that about you, but the first time I met you, yeah. like in the middle of the COVID thing or whatever it <laughs> yeah, was, know, right? like the lockdown, you know what I mean? I don't know, forced lockdowns, whatever it was. Anyway, the first time I met you and your wife, I said to my wife, I'm like, I like that guy. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like cause I do, I like people that have yeah. a consciousness that care about other souls, right? I'm, I'm very biased that I way, like, right? It's like yeah. I, I'm oriented that way. It's nice when people want to give back yeah. or appreciative, to, mentor, right? The desire to assist others you on this. To. It's difficult, right? It's as you know. It's very difficult. Yeah. But you know, sometimes if somebody 
yeah. told me this one day and it stuck. And he just said, if somebody need help, help them. Yeah. I'm like, wow, how simple is that? Yeah. I mean, if everybody thought like that, man, if somebody needs help, or even if one out of two thought like that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's how I try to live my life, man. You know, I guess I've, I've seen the worst of the worst. I've seen the best of the best. Yeah. And I just want to live my life in the middle, man. You know, yeah. That's where I'm at right now, where I could give freely without having a, um, any fear about not having. Yeah. You know, that's that's where I'm, I'm... How long did it take you to get to the other side of that fear? That's an intense fear. You know, um, I'm, I've done a lot of work with people. That's not an easy fear to let go of. You know, I think it comes with life and maturity and just me being confident in my abilities because I've experienced so much in life. You know, mm. it's not anything pretty much that's going to shake me other than, you know, me, my, me not being with my wife or being, you know, with my family, you know what I'm saying? Anything else, you know, it's just just allowing yourself to live life. But and even that life. fear still can be underneath if it, it can be around family, losing a family member. You know what? So, so you're saying you've shaken that fear. Yeah. So like how that work? I think out of all of all, all of my experiences in life, um, it taught me how to be a realist. A or realist? A realist. Okay. We ain't, we're not going to be here forever. <laughs> That's for sure. Whatever happened, whatever, whatever, whatever can happen will yeah, happen. Yeah, but you're planning on living to 100. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know me. I got, I'm gonna set my standards high. <laughs> I just look to my wife and say, you know, April, I'll be 60 Yeah, you don't look close to 60, you know so what? I think it's possible. But we'll go to I, sleep one day and wake up like, you know, who was that guy? <laughs> well, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, babes, there's no guarantee I'm waking up tomorrow. So we gotta be we gotta be fun in this moment, right? She's making you younger though. She's making you younger. She's giving you that energy, but I see it on the course, man. I'm telling you. I see it on this guy, man. And you, you you know, what I enjoy about you, man, one of the things I enjoy about you is your words, man. Like I'm out on the course and you just, you know, you walk away and said, Take your time. We have time. Yeah. And the stuff like that, you be like, he's right. You know, we don't hear that. You know, we don't hear that enough. Take your time. You have time. And, you know, just those words of comfort, man, is, is what get people through, man. Yeah, you know, cool. what, you know, because we all struggle different ways. You know what I'm saying? And that one word, you know what? Take your time. You'll get it. Yeah. And another thing you said that, you know, I, I appreciate is um, when you show me something and you said, this is how you do it. And then you, you, you turn around and you say, and you just get good at it. <laughs> yeah. I like, man, well, you know I, what? That I, makes too know, much sense, man. I'm like, yeah, he's right. Yeah. You know? Well, it's also <laughs> nice when we talk about, you know, uh, like learning, which is probably something you've done along the way a yeah. lot, too. It's like, it's nice to have the right technique, right? It's, it's like important. If you're, yeah. It's just once you learn a decent technique, it doesn't have to be perfect. But once you learn yeah. a good technique, then you're practicing. and. An athlete like you, you're gonna get better at it, injured or not. You're just gonna you're keep working you know, you're at just it, athletic, it. right? The hip turn, whatever that but is. You've done right? it already, so I can look at you and I can get better automatically. Yeah. You know? That's when me. did you start playing golf, by the way? When I started you? playing golf, and I I retired. I, I left Europe, Germany in 2006, and I always wanted to play golf. And I think in 2006, 2007, I started playing by doing what you did. Took a couple of lessons. Nice, smart and just man. Went out on the course and just you know, smart man. Took my like lumps, that. you know. <laughs> so uh, I've been playing, you know, for a little while, man. You know, it's just, it's amazing. 
So you never played somewhere along the way, 2006, 7, it's not that. We used to always go, as kids, go to golfing ranges. We oh, always, you did go to yeah, we, But we just hit, right? didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, we hit pretty far, not. you know, as kids, yeah. we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. But, you know. Um, Are any of your brothers any good? You have a lot of brothers. Somebody's got to be a golfer out there. I think, I th- one, one brother, I think. And he's in um, Pennsylvania. He, he, he goes out a little bit with my, and my uncle. My uncle's here right now. We're supposed to be going out tomorrow to play a little bit. Um, Thing not to go early because it's gonna rain, right? Oh, I don't. I don't even pay attention. When, you know, it really hasn't rained much. It's gonna rain like I think, this. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. next week. So yeah, we've been. But uh, yeah. Um, I, I, what do you uh, learn on a golf course, by the way? Because you're I, one of the things I appreciate about you mm-hmm. is you like to learn. Oh, yeah. You are curious and you like to learn, which I think are um, again biased towards those ways of doing life. Right? I think. But, like what is what is these last thirteen years of golf taught you about life? How to respect people. Um, the thing I like about golf is, and my wife said this. She said that you should on a, on a golf course, or somebody. My uncle said this. He's on a golf course. I don't see any racism. Uh, and I'm like, what? He said, I don't see it. I don't know why. He said because if you follow rules of golf, there isn't any. There's just total respect of everything in a sport. Yeah. And that's what it taught me. You know, if you follow the rules of golf, golf would teach you so much about life and, and you know, how to appreciate certain things and how to work towards something. And uh, even like the putt I hit, right? I, for me, in my book, that was success, you know? And- oh, he made a birdie on <laughs> the 12th hole of the little park three course we played the other day on Palm Beach. And but you told me, like you that, said it. Yeah. Well, you had the hip turn on the swing. So he put the eight iron. I thought it was an eight iron too. Yep. Puts the eight iron like thirty feet above the hole, which is no easy putt. And then he drained it for a birdie. But you like, said, "Was the last time you made a birdie, pal?" Like that was a few months ago. Yeah, that's no easy. But you, but you said help me though, because you. I told you your words mean a lot because you yeah, had me locked that. in. Yeah. And like, I'm like, you said, you you said it. You said the conditions are perfect. You can get it. <laughs> you know, find your mark and hit it in. And that was it. <laughs> and I was just, bam, I'm like, I, as soon as I hit it, I knew it was in. I'm like, that's man, that's awesome. Perfect, man. I'm like, just do it, man. Well, that's why the, the game is so amazing. It's like, you know, you can struggle throughout a round oh, yeah. and then you have, all of a sudden you get a little stretch, you put a few shots together and you like, and you hit it so perfect that, you know, you just want to keep playing. You want to come back. I think you're different from all the other guys I play with because even in your conversation about golf, it's in, it's instruction. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, I even your like casual conversation. I like to teach. It's I love my it. Vibes. I'm like, man, that's how you're supposed to learn. You know, there's no pressure. You know, like, man, look, oh, you, no you'll, get, you'll get better. Just well, you're definitely you know, going to get better. You're an athlete. I mean, it really does make a difference when you're, you know, when you're athletic. It's easier. To, I find it's much easier to teach but somebody. You, you just got. I, I told you, I figured you out the first three holes. I told you, I said, <laughs> man, this guy. We got set up is the same way that, that man. I'm like, all right, I, I could, I could get better, man. It's yeah, it's only it. 15 seconds, right? That little yeah. free shot routine. That's all it is, and then you're just hanging. And you know, I talked a lot seconds, about this man. about the mental game in, in in business life and sports. This really is Maybe. about dialing in, just right, and then letting go in between. And that's why golf is so amazing. You know, when you're playing hoops or something, it's so 
you know, if you're if you're not in shape or something, you're sucking air. The yep, last time I played sir. competitive tennis, which we're gonna play, not competitive because we're both volley, like no good we're, anymore. We're, we're, we're at right? that, uh, the fun stage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but like you're, when you're sucking air, it's totally different, right? You yeah, can't, but you know what? See a double. Look, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what? Like, we, we eat pretty good, I think, right? Yeah. So we gotta be some kind of pain, man, with that, right? Oh. Get out then. Oh no, I come back. I haven't been pain free since I was 24. When's the last time you were pain free? I was 24 not, years old. I'm not joking. Like I'm not. There's no joke. I've been injured on and off since then. 25. 25. I could have been. By the way, it might have been 25. Like, like seriously. Yeah, 25. I mean, that's uh, like. I wow. think we were both 25. I I, I was gonna say 25, and, and I said 24. I, mean, I think I was 25 time. the last time I experienced no pain. I'm 59 now, so that's a long time. As you're 59. I'm 54 in a, we're, in a couple we're, weeks. We're here. over 50, so that's all that matters. Yeah. Right? So. But pain is also fascinating too because you can learn how to manage, yep. right? Like when you're, like I've had a lot of injuries, not just this, right? I, I've had yeah. back injury, shoulder injury, so, sh shoulder surgery, and so on, right? I had a really bad um, hip injury that was misdiagnosed. Um, it was really I tore my glutes, and the the doctor misdiagnosed me with a partially dislocated hip. And then I wound up, he put me on crutches. I was only 26 years old. He puts me on crutches. I never had any rehab because I didn't even ask about right. it. This was 25 years ago or whatever. And so I didn't know enough to sort of get the right treatment. And it, it like healed wrong. And I had a decade of a flamethrower, like nerve damage and nerve pain through, through my butt yeah. and low back. And I would literally go on a date and I'd be in freaking physical agony. I would never say a word because like it's not, no one... If you've never been through a lot of physical pain, yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. understand it, right? Sometimes you just black it out. Well, and yeah, and I, I did, you know, and when you've been through a lot of it, you know that the emotional piece to it is also, right? When you get tired or worn down, that's when it just elevates, right? Do you think that person noticed? Um, no, most people don't, you know, you can hide pain if, you know what I mean? Like you're not- Yeah, man, I'm in pain like every day. Yeah. I'm in the military, I need, yeah. I'm, if I let them cut on me, I'd be like a bionic man. Like, nah, I'll wait. So, you know. But yeah, man, I'm, you got here, man, and you, you hit the ground running, man, and made a difference in a lot of people's lives. Just your conversation, man, is important. Awesome. I really Especially appreciate in a community that. like this where everybody knows everybody, and, you know, it's nice to have that little uplift, you know. So we got to play golf every Wednesday. Oh, no, we're in. We're done with that. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Um, anything you want to ask? Anything you're curious about that you, while you got me here? Yeah. You know, anything uh, you want to ask? About me? what you do or? Anything. It could be anything. I'm like open that way. So, you know, uh, um, yeah. I know I know some professional athletes. We don't never name names and stuff like that, right? Yeah. How important is sports psychology to these athletes when you it know, comes to success and failure? When it comes to how important is sports psychology when it comes to professional athletes and success and failure? You know, we're going to do this video on Brooks Kevka, mm -hmm. um, okay. and he's like, you know, you know, top five in the world yep. or whatever, and he's won four major championships in the past three years. And he's the kind of guy that doesn't seem to need a sports psychologist yeah. because he seems so dialed in. And maybe he could use it in other areas, mm -hmm. maybe around a little bit around humility or something like that. Right. But for the most part, it adds an insane amount of value because a lot of athletes, like they're like the rest of us, they have a lot of moving parts to their mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And so if they're struggling with their relationships or the relationship themselves, or they're going through lots, you know, right. periods of time where they're getting a little down, as you know, attitude is probably, you know, 
Yeah, everything. seven eighths of it or whatever. What? And and even the best of us go through phases where like our attitude gets, you know, can take a little bit of a beating, yeah. right? So having someone to talk to, to process, to guide, and then to sort of work through is invaluable. And so so for those people that can't afford it or can figure it out mm -hmm. or create it in some way, whether it's a mentoring relationship, having somebody that's talented behind you and with you yeah. is right. like the biggest no-brainer ever. You know, so I'm so, married for 32 years. Yeah, there you go. So your wife's your sports support psychologist. everything. <laughs> it seems um, it seems like now um, being up, you know, from my perspective, you know, the game of basketball. Does a kid need to have some type of therapist to talk to with all the competition and the pressure on kids nowadays to be part of? The parents' retirement plan. <laughs> well, I mean, a kid that's that talented, there's a lot of pressure depending on, you know, like we had a coach here a couple months ago um, for an interview and he was saying to the camera, please, you know what I mean? Like, come talk to me afterwards. Don't scream at me during the game or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, there's just a lot of pressure now on kids and there's a lot of competition wow. and sometimes parents sort of can amplify that, mm -hmm. right? You know, so if the parents aren't chill and they're overly competitive themselves, then that kid can be under a tremendous amount of pressure. And so there's a there's a distinction between the kid that has the D1 ability and the D1 potential and the kids that aren't ever going to be D1, but the parents think they are. Right. And so there's just a lot of moving parts. My background is actually in clinical psych, mm -hmm. and I turned myself into a sports psychologist over the last 15 years. But I did a decade of families and adolescents. Right. That's why I wound up working at Camp Pendleton mm -hmm. for, for, for 10 months. You know, so that background with families and yeah. adolescents is so valuable because the moving parts in that world are, are tremendous. Family systems, like when people run it, you were in logistics, yep. you know, when people are running a business in general, they're running it from their family system, how they were raised. Right. And a lot of that is unconscious. Now, what a potential psychologist or sports psychologist can do is help you become more conscious of who you are and what you're about and how you're running your organization or your team, right? Because a lot of people are doing it like George Steinbrenner, his father was a lot like him, you know, a really demanding, okay. over-the-top, okay. like super critical guy that then that would then would feel guilty and, you know, throw everything at him, right? Mm -hmm. And then he would George Steinbrenner would do that. Remember all the in the in the day when Steinbrenner would fire Billy Martin yeah. and then take him <laughs> yeah. back. And then, you know, and then he would hire everybody back, right. pay him really well, but he'd have a temper tantrum and fire these people. And so he was so unconscious in his management style. And a lot of coaches, a lot of athletes that are, unless they have some kind of guidance, some kind of perspective, they can be unconscious running, running their world the way they were parented yeah. or yeah. the opposite of the way they're parented, right? Because sometimes, you know, a, a person will be the exact opposite. So if you had a really stern father, maybe you're too liberal as a father yourself because you go too far the other way. Yeah. And consciousness is really about you know, learning how to be aware and be in choice, right? right. A lot yeah. of people think they're conscious. They say there's this new age, new new age sort of term about how people are are, are happiness is a choice. It's mm -hmm. not really for most people. It's not a choice. They're not conscious enough to make the choice. How do you help somebody? Right. Like it, like it, like it. And the reason why I ask this is because I try I like to, it. I'm okay. always trying to figure out. 
why is this kid a distraction on the court when he's on a great team, he's got a great coach, you know, he's in a great environment to learn, and all of a sudden he's a problem. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you think sports psychology should be a part of youth athletics nowadays. I mean, that would be amazing. You know, a kid like that, it's possible. It's a form of self-sabotage, right? Or it's also some people, depending on how they're raised, they're not comfortable with success, right? Right. So they sabotage it because they never had it as kids. And so when they start to experience it, they get so uncomfortable that they're going to ruin it in some way. And that's not conscious, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where sports psychology can you know or mentoring right. right can have an invaluable role really pointing out that look you know you're you're sabotaging you're bringing yourself mm-hmm. back down and the team down right yeah it's different than when we play right sports nowadays oh yeah well the whole <laughs> world, it, it feels more complicated today I I think because they're starting at a younger age it's like these kids playing sports all year round without a break yeah you know now you have ACL surgeries surgeries at such young ages because you know they're not giving themselves an opportunity for the body to recover. Mm. You know, you go right from one session to the next all year round. So, mm. I don't know. I just think it just seems like there's more pressure in general everywhere, right? You have social media pressure, right? You have the competition pressure. It just, I mean, we always felt pressure, but it just seems like to me like, yeah. It's down you know, to a just... level now. You got kids eight, seven, eight years old. Yeah. In, 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 in development programs, and they don't even know what an abacus is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them time. Give them time to learn and enjoy the sport. But now it's just so. That's you know every year I, I say this is my last year. In terms of coaching, in um, terms of the referee, yeah, yeah, because you can see like how difficult it's getting. Is that and it's, it's it's the support level of. It's like it's more about the money, mm. and it's not about what's what's right for the for the child. Right, and you you know parents are getting more leeway to act the way they act because they're spending this money for this team or the individual who's running the program. He's got you know bills to pay, so he's making concessions, and you know it's not ran the way it's supposed to be ran. So these kids are not really seeing a successful program being ran. They just feel like they're being a part of it. Mm. You know, if you don't play this weekend, we're not going to win the championship. Right. You know, how do you? We deal with that as officials. Mm. So as a sports psychologist. And I brought my child to you and said, hey, um, can you figure him out? (laughs) Well, I can definitely (laughs) figure him out. But you know what the fascinating part is? A lot of times you bring the whole family into it, right? In your situation, right, we would probably have discussions because you are a very involved dad, right? Sure. um, We got a a puppy in the background here. What do you want to learn? Intermission. All right, intermission. It's not your fault. Um, all right, so let me go back in. You can keep her right here. It's fine. Um, okay, so we just got like momentarily interrupted by our 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 puppy here. Um, her name is actually Jupiter, like which is pretty cool. Jupiter, because we wound up in Florida and we're not far from Jupiter, right? So, yep. and my wife did the astrology and tarot card reading thing, and so she named her Jupiter, Jupiter. a year and a half ago, and then here we are, not far from Jupiter, Florida. Um, what else today, though, while we got you here? Anything else you're curious about or anything, um, Greg, you know, that you're, that you want to share? Off subject, share? on subject? Yeah. What? Off subject, on subject? It doesn't matter, man. It's, you're free. Um, In my world, we're free. 
How, how, how was your transition here, coming here and getting established? And, you know, because it, you make it seem like you've been here forever. Uh, I appreciate that. You know That's what I'm saying? Cool. I mean, it's just like, it's yeah. not, I don't get that too often. Well, right? but you lived internationally, so yeah. have I, and I've also lived all through the United States. Yeah. And so That's I've done amazing. a lot of traveling and a lot of exploring. I haven't really done this thing traditionally. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've been traditional. Like, basically, I unhooked my life at like 39, 40, mm -hmm. and I traveled on and off for a couple of years out west. Mm -hmm. And then again, um, I lived internationally at 51 years old. So I've learned how to like move and okay. adjust. Like, I lived. You know, prior to, um, in, since I sold my house in Connecticut in 2014, yeah. I think I've lived in like 11 places in like five years or something. It's a lot of travel and a lot of change. And there's pluses and minuses right. to that. You know, it can get, you know, tiring and a little bit distracting sometimes when you move too much. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you also, um, I consider myself insanely adaptive and flexible. I can see that. Yeah, I can just go with the flow. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, you know, if someone's drinking tequila, I'm drinking tequila, right? Okay. Like even if it's not my thing, right? You know, I'll just, you know, I'll go with the flow for the experience. That's because, get along. Well, I'm just a connector type. So for my personality style, I kind of like it when you're super flexible that way. Mm -hmm. But I've also learned how to honor myself too, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So when it doesn't fit or doesn't feel right, I'm going to pass. And so I'm actually very selective as well. So Meaning, so when I start hanging out with somebody, mm -hmm. they've got to be very real. Okay, I'm yeah, just yeah, not, yeah, the real, I really love honesty and I like authenticity and I like realness and I like intelligence. So I'm, I'm biased, you know, towards all the, right? So the people in my world, they are going to have some yep. commonality. And I like integrity a lot, not a little bit. You know, you get older. And yeah, you get older and you want integrity. You just, and you want kindness too, right? It's some decency. taught me integrity. Yeah. You know, it's important, uh, man. You know, sometimes the last thing you have in life is our word, you know? Yeah, well... And it's important to me. So, that goes hand in hand. Yeah. So, um, I want to ask you... Yeah, please. <laughs> you got into um, this field because you wanted to be successful or because you wanted to help people? No, not... It had nothing to do with success. Okay. Because, like, you know, I'm an identical twin and... There's a distinction, as you know, between success and financial success yep. because our culture sometimes confuses those. Mm -hmm. We we look at people that are billionaires or multimillionaires as successful, mm -hmm. and yes, they're financially successful. And often, you know, it can be partially related to the family system they're born yeah. into, right? Mm -hmm. If they're born in a poor village in India, it's unlikely they're going to become a millionaire in this lifetime, right? So. In my world, I studied economics and psychology mm -hmm. at Emory University okay. in Atlanta. I worked in business for a couple years before I went to get a doctorate in psychology. And the business world for me at the time felt pretty empty. I didn't feel like, okay. I, didn't, I, I was wired to sort of make a difference. It's just how I'm wired to have an impact or make a difference or care. I, I care, it's just, yeah. you know, Same way. it's deep. Yeah, you had to. Yeah, and so, Psychology was a pretty good fit. It wasn't a perfect fit. You know, it's complicated going into psychology. The transition was very difficult. You know, it's like 80% female. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it just, as, an, as a really good athlete, it doesn't, you know, it was hard that way. Cause I didn't do sports psychology then. Mm -hmm. 
And so I developed that later. So the transition, on the fly. what's that? On the fly. Well, like, um, I wouldn't say on the fly. I would say like it was a conscious choice over yeah, time. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, athletes are, are like, are fun, right? And there's a, I often say there's a higher commitment to excellence when you work with athletes, right? Which yeah, is probably part of the train. military training as well. Train. Right, yeah. That's how you train, Exactly. Man. Be the best. Yeah, but success though, financial success, I'm an identical twin. My twin brother made millions and millions of dollars on Wall Street while I was helping people in psychology. And where I lived in Fairfield County, Connecticut, it wasn't, you know, it was sort of noble. Okay. Like it wasn't necessarily, okay. yeah, what I did Makes was kind of noble, right? It was kind of like, it was disparaging to be a male school teacher in like the area I was raised in, right? And this, as a psychologist, you were a little bit above that. Okay. In other words, wow. so it wasn't respected like going into finance or, you know, mergers and acquisitions or private equity or, you know, hedge fund world and so on. So you had so to make it work for you. I had to make it work for me and it was very difficult. And I, you know, it was just all through my thirties, I felt like a fish out of water mm -hmm. where I lived. And that's part of the reason why I unhooked my life at 40 and traveled and okay. put my business on the phone. And that's when I really started to sort of look at life differently, mm -hmm. you know, get out of the box and run a business remotely on the phone and be creative. And then that led to, unfortunately, I made some mistakes along the way. And, I have. We all have. Yeah. And, and then it got you here. So it got me here. It's yeah. Experience. Like, not it's, a mistake. Yeah. Well, like, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. No, when you're, man, like, look, long you know, when you lose forward. your health, your business, your, you know, look your self esteem, yes. your, yeah, right? totally. No, I mean, I mean that's a blessing. Now. <laughs> I haven't talked to too many people that can say that. I, I've done it. So, you know, it, it's not easy. Yeah. You know, you got to still stay focused. Yeah. Well, that's the key, Greg. As you know, like you, you know, the, one of the most important things is to never, ever feel sorry for yourself uh, ever. Can't. And so that's something I learned along the way is that I don't, no matter what happens, like, you know, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I might right. be in a ton of pain. I might have to go through heartache or whatever it is, but I'm not doing self-pity for a half a second. That's not me. Yeah. Can't but that's it. something as you know, right yeah. from living a lot of people like will do self-pity it has to go it's like that's the biggest one of the biggest deterrents to success right there man that mm -hmm. takes away a lot of uh a lot of your abilities yeah you know if you had to summarize success like before we wrap up here mm -hmm. how would you summarize it in terms of how i'm living or overall well either how would you so i i would i would i would sum of success thing from my, my standpoint, my point of view as an, indi an individual journey that uh, that has no ending. You choose the point to, to get off and be comfortable. <laughs> an individual journey that has no ending, you, choo you choose the point to get off and be, and be comfortable. Greg James, absolute pleasure. Let me go through this, this elbow bump. <laughs> we I can mean, do that way. <laughs> That's the hand too, man. Yeah, that's my first second handshake since the since the. Surgery. How did it feel? It's sore. <laughs> that was a good it's grip, okay. man. That's good. Oh, you I know always what? do it. That handshake I, I, got I'm you a signed contract with me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. All right.